The people of God are caring and courageous. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Those two words, caring and courageous, are an odd pair, aren't they? We think of the people with courage out on the front lines where the battle is most fierce, while the caring folks are back in the hospitals doing their work of mercy. But since the church has been compared to both an army and a hospital, maybe we should expect to find bravery as well as compassion in her midst. Would outsiders see both in you and me? Here's Jim. Now you need to know that the letter that we call Ephesians and the letter we're reading from, Colossians, and the letter to Philemon, those three New Testament books, were all written or actually dictated by Paul while he was in prison at the same time. And they are all three being carried, personally carried, to these churches where Paul had prayer burdens, where, where Paul had concerns. He hadn't been to each of these churches, the churches at Laodicea, the church at Colossae. Paul probably had never visited there himself, but he knew the details of these churches. And, and he writes to these churches about people in those churches there at Colossae and how they were expressing their care for one another. He writes about his care for them and how that care expressed itself. See, it's, we're seeing a sermon in shoe leather this morning in a passage that's often not even read. Colossians uh, chapter 4, look with me please, beginning there at verse 7. Verse 7. Paul writes, Tychicus a beloved brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him. He was the official bearer of this letter. He was the one who made the trip from prison where Paul was over to where these people were in these churches. He was the official UPS guy. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your heart. See, Paul was concerned about those folks at Colossae. Oh, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. That is, these guys were all Jewish in their background. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, a Gentile. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you. Read a great pain for you. <laughs> he cared to the point of pain. I bear witness that he has a, a great Concern for you. 
and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hyar, whatever that next town is. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. These guys were Greek, not Jewish. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church that is in his house or her house. They're not sure whether Nymphus is a guy or a gal. But note, Paul knows them and has great concern for the house that's the house church, the people that are gathering in the house of Nymphus. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. There are about 10 people named in that brief passage that you should know. Uh, some of them are only mentioned here. Others have gained reputation for their care and service and courage in the ministry of Christ from the book of Acts or other epistles. For instance, I would assume that Luke there in verse 14, the beloved physician, is familiar to you, is he not? Now, Luke was not a trained preacher. Luke was a doctor. He had trained in the care of the human body and the medical procedures that were available at that time. And yet, when Luke heard Paul preach and opened his heart to the gospel, his whole priorities changed, and, and Luke became a companion with Paul and traveled with Paul, just perhaps because Paul seems to have had some debilitating physical problems. And, and Luke closed his practice... <laughs> And join Paul. And when Paul writes the last letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, you have a copy in your Bible, he says, only Luke is with me. Now, Luke wasn't just passing pills to Paul. Luke also tells us in the gospel that carries his name that during this time he was traveling with Paul, he was doing extensive research talking to people who had been there at the manger, interviewing Mary privately, personally. Remember, it's his gospel that tells us the details about this miraculous conception and Mary's heart and her experience with Elizabeth. Luke's a doctor. He's interested in mom as well as the baby. You know, and, and, and Luke, because of his extensive research, could give us an accurate chronology of the whole life of Jesus from, well, read it. And in addition to that, he gives us a historic chronology of the book of Acts. This man was a skilled researcher, and his Greek is exquisite. Now, the point is, he's not a missionary in the sense Paul. <laughs> he's not a theologian, doesn't claim to be. He's a physician, a physician. 
He's a man who had a radical change in his priorities and devoted himself caring for Paul, caring for the other ministers, and then collecting and collaborating to give us the gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. He cared. So he did some courageous things. You probably know about Luke. And there's another one over there. How about this guy named Mark in verse 10? Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. All of you who know your Bible remember the story that Mark had gone with his uncle Barnabas on the first missionary journey with Paul. Pretty heady stuff. And something happened. And Mark's faith defected. And he left his uncle and Paul and went back home. And when Paul and Barnabas are arranging the second missionary journey to go back and visit the churches they established during the first journey and to go beyond, the issue of whether John Mark would go with them or not was so contentious that it split up that first missionary team. Paul took Silas and went on missionary journey too, and Barnabas, Uncle Barnabas, took cousin Mark, John Mark, and went to Cyprus. Not a pretty picture. It's one of those, it's one of those very human scenes where we see the humanness of these great men of God. Now, 20 years perhaps has passed. And Paul is now in prison reflecting upon the work of Barnabas in the heart of Mark and Mark's response. It was Mark, according to Peter, who became companion to the great apostle Peter and and who gives us the events of Jesus' life from Peter's perspective in what we call the gospel of, once again, Mark. Yeah, that's who we're talking about here. Obviously, Paul had uh, knew of some things that had circulated among the churches there that was not favorable to Mark. And Paul's writing to say, hey, look, guys, listen, listen, grace... G-R-A-C-E, is a place of second chance. The grace of God experienced in the hearts of God's people make them care for and careful about people who sometimes mess up. What a sermon in shoe leather. Both from Paul, the great apostle Paul, Paul, here Paul is saying, uh, okay, I, I blew that one. Yeah, Mark, Mark has outgrown his impetuousness. Uh, Barnabas has succeeded in helping this young man cultivate his abilities, and we need to forgive and forget the past failures. And we need to greet this young man and welcome him and delight in all that God has gifted him to do. 
And there in verse 9, you know something about Onesimus, don't you? There's, there's, a, there's a whole epistle written about Onesimus. It's called the Epistle of Philemon. And incidentally, if you want a delightful study, take the Epistle of Philemon and mark the names, and you'll find that there are, I think, eight people who are named in the epistle to Philemon, who also are in our little passage this morning. Onesimus. He had apparently stolen some money from his master, Philemon. Split town. <laughs> but you know, God's in control. You see, God took Onesimus on a mystery trip. And out of his misbehavior, led him to a jail. And guess who was in the cell with Onesimus? Paul. And Paul leads Onesimus to the Lord. And Onesimus proves to be a man of great ability, great skill. And, and, and Paul sends Onesimus, the runaway thief, slave, back to his owner, Philemon, with this wonderful letter. And the heart of the letter is, hey Philemon, I know the past. Onesimus is a new man in Jesus Christ. Now whatever he owes you, you put that on my account. You see, Paul cared about Onesimus. And Onesimus from now on, while he is your slave, he's more than your slave, he's your brother. And Onesimus, while Philemon is still your master, he is your brother. You guys work that out. And guess who's watching all of this? All the people in the church at Colossae. They're watching this living example of Paul's care for Onesimus and Paul's care for Philemon and Paul's confidence in Philemon's good response and the courage Paul has to send Onesimus back and the courage Onesimus has to come back and the courage Philemon has to care for. I mean, this is a, this is a woo kind of thing. Remember, people will not care how much you know until they see how much you care. Do you care? Each of these people named here are living flesh and blood examples of a Christian in a community of caring people. When our neighbors come to visit, when our first-time visitors come to see us, they have the right to expect to see in our behavior, to sense in our conduct, to feel in the atmosphere of our worship and our fellowship that we are committed to Jesus Christ. And that means some of our physicians are going to have radical changes in terms of how they're going to use their medical skills. And, and some of our businessmen are going to have radical transformations as to what's important and what they're going to do with their skills. And, and, and there's going to be some young people who have really messed up that you're going to find walking the halls and loved and beloved because they're not stuck in failure. You see? 
And God wants that to be obvious so that when people leave, they will leave and say, that, that community of Christians that call themselves the Fellowship of Grace Brethren, they're the real thing. And our pastors won't have to preach and argue and froth at the mouth. You will be the living evidence. Tuesday morning, I stood right here beside a casket, and I told the people what I want to tell you this morning. The thing that has caused the unusual and exceptional growth of our church here is not Jim Custer. It's not law great preaching. No. It's you. And I could name you. I could start right over here and go around and pick you out and name you. People who are faithful to God and to each other. People who exhibit the love, the courage, the strength, the care, the concern. People who pray and give and serve. People who prioritize others and who are caregiving. I mean, they, you fix meals for families who, who are going to a funeral experience and you don't even put your name on the plate. I mean... The call goes out for ushers, and you show up to usher. I could take another hour and talk about you. You, the doctors. You, the lawyers. You, the homemakers. You, the teachers. You are incredible. And this church grows in exact proportion to the authenticity of your caring and your courageous demonstration of God's grace. Busy holiday causes some dumb things. Two cars are waiting at a stoplight. The light turned green, but the man didn't notice it. The woman in the car behind him is watching traffic pass around them. The woman begins pounding on her steering wheel, yelling at the man to move. The man doesn't move. The woman is going ballistic inside her car, ranting and raving at the man, pounding on her steering wheel at a dashboard. Light turns yellow. The woman begins to blow her horn. Honk, honk, honk. Makes a vile gesture and screams profanity and curses the man. The man looks up, sees the yellow light, accelerates through the intersection just as the light turns red. The woman is beside herself, screaming in frustration as she misses her chance to get through the intersection. As she is still in mid-rant, she hears a tap on the window and looks into the barrel of a gun held by a very serious-looking policeman. The policeman tells her to shut off your car. While keeping both hands in sight, she complies, speechless of what is happening. After she shuts off the engine, policeman orders her to exit her car with her hands up. She gets out of the car. He orders her to turn and place her hands on the car. She turns, places her hands on the car, rough and quickly is cuffed and hustles the police car. She's too bewildered by the chain of events to ask any questions. She's driven to the police station where she is fingerprinted, photographed, searched, booked, and placed in a cell. After a couple of hours, the policeman comes to the cell, opens the door for her. She's escorted back to the booking desk where the original officer is waiting with her personal effects. He hands her the bag containing her things and says, I'm really sorry for this mistake. But you see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, making the gesture to the guy in front of you and cursing a blue streak at him. Then I noticed on the back of your car, choose life, license plate holder. The what would Jesus do bumper sticker. The follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker. 
and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. So naturally, I assumed you had stolen that car. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, may we care. May we care enough to give the best we have. May we care enough to love you and serve you with all that we are. May we care enough to do courageous things, like go to Bangui and Baghdad and downtown Columbus and back home where there's a miserable relationship. May we care enough to accept the responsibility of changing our natural inclination to think me first, me comfort. Turn us inside out like these folks we read about in this portion of your word, people who were carers and who could love a runaway thief, a slave, and honor him who could welcome a young man with skeletons in his closet, but who is serving Jesus and growing in his faith and ministering. Oh, Lord, please make us people who are care givers and who do so with courageous and continuous abandon. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ enable us to do so. And may that one here this morning who has doubts about faith and the validity of the claims of Jesus Christ see in our lives and in our fellowship the reality of God's life, God's love, God's grace reflected in how we treat each other and in our concern for a heartbroken world around us. Oh God, make us like Jesus, who cared enough to come into our world and cared enough to go to the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. amen. Now go care. Start right now. Be nice. It might be a fair observation to say that there are churches that excel at compassion and those that focus on truth. And the churches that hold fast to the truth are constantly under fire. They need courage. Pastor Jim has shown us that we should be living out both qualities. His sermon, taken from Colossians 4, is called, The People of God Are Caring and Courageous. If you'd like to have the message on CD, we'll send that to you for a gift of $7 or more. It's part of our series, The People of God. All 17 discs in that set will come your way for an offering of $59 or more. Speaking of an offering, would you consider helping to support Right Start financially and with your prayers? We need people in the audience to step forward and lend a hand. Frankly, summer can be a struggle for us as donations fade a bit. If you could share your support now, it would help a lot. Thanks, family. Send mail to Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. 
and come to the website, rightstartradio.org. We've loaded the site with material that will build up your spirit. You can hear today's radio program and many others from the audio library. If you have more time, you can play or download Pastor Jim's complete sermons. The daily podcast is the radio show playable at your convenience. We'll link you. Don't miss the chance to email us, and you can click to donate there at rightstartradio.org. rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. If it seems like we started our Colossians study in the middle of the letter, you're right about that. Tomorrow, we'll turn back to chapter 1. Please join us for Friday's Right Start. Thank you.